0: Good morning everybody and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis year 15 ticking away. We have a great show today, a lot of excitement in the studio. Guess what's coming up again? It's the annual Embassy Chef Challenge. It's coming up next week. Of course, Nikki is the the host. The I'm EMC. I'm saying,
1: but let me just—can I break in? Oh, break like, in, please. It's so cool. So I'm so absolutely flattered, honored, and delighted to be asked to once again MC the Embassy Chef Challenge taking place on March 7th here in DC at Union Station. Now, if you uh, follow me at n y c c i n e l l i s <laughs> on all the social media platforms, you'll see that I did another show for Industry Night with Jin he Kim at the Cuban Embassy, where we talked all about diplomatic relations and how important it is for this community. Um, so you can totally check it out there. But so we do have Jinhee Kim back in with me, who I love, uh, to talk about why the Embassy Staff Challenge is so important. And she brought with him...
0: Damien... No, not with, with him, him. With, with her. her Damien Williams, who is with the Embassy of Barbados. He's uh, uh, You're with Visit Barbados, Yeah. That's c- proper? Okay. Yes. And he's going to be, I mean, you've got enough Barbadian oh, rum over there to, to put us all in the hospital. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm ready. So he's okay. going to be putting together some drinks. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. And unless you live under a rock, and most of you don't, you know that booze-free craft cocktails are a very happening thing. With us today uh, online is J.W. Wiseman. He's the founder of Curious Elixirs. He's a very interesting guy, but... For this product, we're going to talk about this. His mission is to create the world's best boost-free craft cocktails and refine social drinking with things that are adventurous and bold and still fun to do. So we're going to be talking to JW shortly. Mm -hmm. Taya Ivanovic. Ooh, I did it. And Taya Ivanovic and Peter Schechter are in. They're the co-founders of Immigrant Food. Very interesting. Their mission is to defend the vision of America as a land of immigrants. Mm. Big topic these days. Um... But really, we're talking about, they take cuisines from all over the world and they kind of mix and match. Yeah, it's so, great. So you might have a, a... They
1: have... There's one at Planet Word.
0: Right. There's one at, well, there's three. There's one at Union Market, one mm-hmm. at Planet Word, and one by the White House. Uh, the White House. Right. And we're going to be hearing all about that. And... Nikki, along with being the queen of uh, Embassy Chefs Week, is the queen of Neighborhood Restaurant Weeks. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Um, Well, I'm not the queen. No, you're the queen. I'm the unofficial authority of Restaurant Weeks. Okay. Not just locally, but nationally as well. So if you ever want to know about Restaurant Weeks, you always want to check with me, because I'm the one who keeps you up to date. You can roll your hands, but I'm going to keep keep, talking. Keep them up to date on the Vienna Restaurant Week. All right. Well, then introduce Ashley.
0: All right. Ashley Curtis is here. She's a marketing and business engagement specialist for the Town of Vienna. They've got their Restaurant Week coming Very up. Exciting. It actually starts. It was right. It starts yeah. on Monday. Sunday. 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 Okay. Sunday. okay. Right. Starts today because we tape on Saturday. But you're hearing this today. Okay. And there's lots going on there. Lots of restaurants participating. You're here. You will hear all, all about right. that. All
1: right, Jin Hee Kim,
0: get up. Jin Hee Kim, we're rocking and rolling here, Jin Kim. Okay.
1: So let's just give everybody just a tiny little 411 about Events DC and why they do something like the Embassy Chef Challenge.
2: Events DC is really what we call the preeminent uh, live event uh, curator in the city. Mm-hmm. And we work hand in hand with the embassies, the tourism bureaus, of the city and others to really drive business, visitation, tourism into the city and show just how unique DC is.
1: Well, and... I think it's such an interesting point of view because you decided to work with embassies. So let's talk about why that's so important to to sort of show not just D.C., but the nation and then international.
2: Yes. I mean, Washington, D.C. is so unique from any other city in the country because we have over 177 embassies in our backyard, and that's unlike any other city in the country. And in I think the other city with as many per capita is Beijing. So you think about the ability to access this international community who is thriving and at the intersection of national and local here. And you've got this cocktail of something that's only available here in this region. And Mm -hmm. so I think for us, we really wanted to show, again, this land of immigrants, this ability for the embassies um, to really share this directly with the public. And I think Embassy Chef Challenge is one evening that's uh, one of the only evenings that they can do that.
1: I agree. Okay, we're gonna get back to you. Damian, I need you to come up to the mic. Damien is very busy making so many different cocktails, I don't even know what to yeah, do. Yeah, we need to
0: be able to walk when we leave okay, here, Damien. So,
1: <laughs> Damien. talk to us a little bit about you and Barbadian rum. Because, like, um, my understanding, like, it's a gauntlet thrown. Like, Barbados believes they are the originators of rum. <laughs> <We believe. laughs> Did I start a battle already?
3: <laughs> so, the birthplace of rum. I'm mm-hmm. uh, sorry. First of all, my name is Damien Williams, and I am the rumalier. Of the West Indies rum distillery. A year, uh, nice. That's I like, like a Sumalier. Yeah. Yes, but a- I went to school to teach people how to drink rum and educate them about rum. I wish you were with me in college.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. I love that. Okay, so. Yes,
3: so um, I'm also a mixologist mm-hmm. um, for. How old am I again? Uh, Oh, please. A long time. Uh Uh-huh. I I look young, but I I have age to me. Okay.
1: All right, but (laughs) let's talk about, so what's the interest in rum, and what is it about Barbadian rum?
3: Okay, the rum that invented rum, we call it that. Um, The birthplace of Rum Barbados. Um, First in uh, Mount Gay, that's one of the leading distilleries in Barbados, and then where I work, the West Indies Rum Distillery, who uh, have been making... uh, Uh, rum for not only Barbados, but uh, around the world. We are the number one foreign exchange earners in Barbados, Mm manufacturer-wise, and we export 85% of all the rums from Barbados. But yes, the birthplace of rum, Barbados. Can everyone say it with me? Yes, the the birthplace of of
1: rum rum is in Barbados. Barbados. There you go. Okay. That's right. All right, what are you making (laughs) first, Damien?
3: Okay, I'm going to make... The signature Barbados cocktail is uh, a simple rum punch. Mm -hmm. We have a slogan to it. One of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak. But I like to break the rules a little, so I'm not going to put three strong, okay? Because um, some people may not be able to uh, handle it like my husband. (laughs) I hear you. It's all right. So I, that's my first cocktail.
1: Excellent. Okay. All right, I, we're going to come excuse back to you. Me. I resemble that remark. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. Cheers, everybody. Everybody in the studio has got Man, a drink. Man, that's good. It
0: tastes like kind of like orange soda. Yeah. yeah. With rum? You could get knocked over drinking this. Oh, my God. Though. This yes. drink is good. dangerous. Yes, it yes This you is dangerous. <laughs> JW? All right. J, so let's yep. talk to J.W. Wiseman, who's a really interesting guy. going to ask you to do your 411, but you got to mention the Broadway part, too, because I'm very curious. Go crazy.
4: Well, hello, everyone. J.W. Wiseman um, from Curious Elixirs. Um, the birthplace of booze-free craft cocktails. Mm.
1: So, <laughs> oh, right. Everybody say the birthplace. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I hear you.
4: Exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, when I first moved to New York 20 years ago, um, I was working in entertainment, um, did some marketing for Broadway shows like Wicked and Spelling Bee and mm. The Wedding Singer, where I happened to meet my wife, um, which was great so that was the that was one of the best things that came out of working on broadway but i I moved into startups after that um and was the third employee and head of marketing for thrillist a digital media company focused on you know restaurants bars what's cool and kind of hidden in your city you know that's that's what thrillist is all about um and then went from there to work with clean food startups like daily harvest Um, I was head of marketing for Daily Harvest um, for the first couple of years and started Curious while I was there. But what was Um, it about
1: Curious? Like, let's explain to people what Curious is, and then you can explain why it was so important for you to start this kind of beverage company.
4: Sure. Well, I started Curious because I had been a bar owner in New York for a number of years. I opened a whiskey bar while at Thrillist. Mm -hmm. And in New York- with. Can I just say,
1: that sounds so Thrillist. Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I, you know, the connections through that certainly helped to meet the right owners and operators, but that's mm-hmm. a whole nother podcast. Right. Of um, course. But the, the long story short is I was drinking way too much. I had 20 drinks in a night mm. and I was fine the next day, like no hangover. And it scared the crap out of me. Mm. So, Amen. But I'm still like a cocktail slut. So like, I love flavors. I love everything. I've, I've traveled to Barbados and done flavor research, like. You know, I love flavors and journeys and stories, and I wanted something fancy that was non-alcoholic and had, like, a beginning, middle, and an end to it. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite drinks when there's a beginning, you know, there's a middle, and there's an end to it, and complexity. Well, there was nothing complex in adult well, what do you, you know,
0: you were, you were riding before. a wave and, and didn't know it. I mean, you've got, like, now you've got... Dry weddings, you've got people, you know, in other words, you, there's a whole generation of people that said, I like cocktails, doesn't mean I'm swearing them off, but I want to be able to, to drink all night to enjoy the drink and not be drinking little, you know, Shirley Temples, but at the end of the night not be in the gutter. And I right. th- think it's really interesting that, that, that you know, so it's sort of a generational thing that happened. It's and, a total
1: generational thing.
0: You know, so let me take you into what's, what... what's
4: amazing is just to that point, very briefly, sure. it's mm-hmm. intergenerational. You would not believe the different generations of people that are cutting back. It's every generation. Lots of news gets, you know, lots of ink gets spilled on like, you know, Gen Z drinking less, but it's every generation.
1: Well, so when you came to doing these products, because we have a bunch in studio, we got Curious Number One, Curious Number Two, like we're missing like Number Five, but um, well, I
0: drank Number Five. so. So I'm
1: just sort of curious, how did you did you try to replicate? cocktails that you loved or were you looking to create a no. total new experience
4: well some of the things that i love about drinking cocktails is for example let's take one of my favorite drinks the blood and sand mm-hmm. it's you know it dates back to just after the civil war it's delicious it's got some smoky scotch vermouth orange juice and cherry liqueur herring
5: mm-hmm. um
4: herring. and i wanted to have some of i know the i was gonna say herring, herring
1: like herring like yeah
4: fish. yeah sounds fishy <laughs> but, you know, that one was inspired by the blood. Number five was inspired by the blood and sand okay. and the Cocoa Puff Old Fashion from the Broken Shaker in Miami. Okay. So like, it's a bit of newness and a bit of nostalgia,
1: mm-hmm.
4: always in every drink that we have.
1: Mm-hmm. Like number
4: six is inspired by something from the Caribbean. Um, you know, is, is comes, you know, inspired by the painkiller, which, which you know, is a rum based drink. Right. Um, yeah, we're gonna so. give it to Damien.
1: This is inspired yeah. by the painkiller. Yeah. That's yes. what this. This is a non-alcoholic drink. I'm gonna sh- give it to you. Come take yeah. it. His back is hurting him. He's like, I'm in. He's like, give me a painkiller. But, but let me
0: let me take you somewhere because you you yeah, said. Wait,
1: can you take him somewhere after we take a break? Oh, we, have we need to take, to take a break? break. I don't Hold wanna. on one sec. This is David and Nicki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: Hey Nick, let's take a couple seconds to talk about the point.
1: Oh, the point in Buzzard Point. Yeah. Well, Buzzer Point is really interesting because it's a new area that has totally kind of come up out of the water. It is where the Potomac and Anacostia Rivers meet, and now this development is there. And the Point, D.C. is the very first restaurant there. So it has amazing water views, this incredible patio, fire pits. It is a great place to grab a drink and sit out and look at the water and eat amazing oysters.
0: Oh, and seafood and sushi and steaks and more, because we've done that.
1: Exactly. So if you haven't been to The Point, it's time for you to check it out.
0: We're back on Foodie and the Beast. We're talking to J.W. Wiseman about curious elixirs. J.W., there was a note in your notes that your elixirs are infused with adaptogens to help you unwind.
1: Is that for, like nootropics? Well, for the
0: meatballs among us, what is an adaptogen, and how does it help me unwind?
4: An adaptogen is a plant that, you know, a root, an herb um, that helps support stress relief in non-specific ways. Um, mm-hmm. Meaning that depending on your body, right? Curious number one. It has rhodiola. If you're, you know, you're familiar with cortisol. Are you good? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So. What rhodiola does is if your cortisol is too high, it's going to lower it for you. If your cortisol is too low, it's going to raise it. It promotes homeostasis balance. It also increases your dopamine and serotonin precursors. So you're getting more of the raw materials for like good times, basically. Okay. So that's one of the things, but how it works in your body adapts depending on your body. That's why it's an adaptogen. Mm -hmm. It adapts to you Mm. and you adapt to it.
1: So, and what made you decide to add that component to well, all of
4: these you know when i started i was just tinkering in the kitchen trying to make something delicious mm-hmm. and i just asked myself like why isn't there a mm. non-alcoholic you know like negroni spagliato i would love that right. um so i created that in Curious number one but then i asked myself well what if it could actually make my body feel good instead of crap you right. know like because well and Again, with anything, it's all about the dosage. It's not that alcohol is bad; it's that too much alcohol is bad. Right. And and adapt the adaptogen thing came about from working with Daily Harvest, learning about this whole class of plants, mm-hmm. and being like, well, what if curious elixirs could actually be elixirs that help fortify your
1: body? That help like make tinctures, make you feel good? like you know, like well, you tinctures and tonics, like all those things. But you know, to me, like so, I drink um, I drink like a um, a nootropic. Matcha every morning. Do you know what I mean? Like I fancy. love. Oh yeah, I'm very fancy. Um, she got me
0: drinking mushroom coffee.
1: Yeah, and he's drinking mushroom coffee. Like I, I, I kill me now. I, it's delicious. <laughs> but so my, Seriously. I have to be honest. One of the things that I really struggled with initially with the mindful drinking set when it was coming out was that balance was missing from the drinks that were being made, and also sugar content. I it just, Amen. it was a real struggle Amen. for me. I was like, listen, you don't want to drink alcohol? Don't drink alcohol. I'm here with you. But like, you're putting a lot of sugar in your body. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me either. And so I'm sort of curious how you yeah. found a way to balance your drinks so that they're not like a sugar sure. bomb.
4: Sure. Well, no refined sugar in any curious. Mm-hmm. So that's the way the only sugars that you're getting are going to be good. from the fruits themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, curious number one, like, this is our newest one in the little mini cans. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, this is a nine year old drink, but a new format, but basically what we've heard over and over again from our customers mm-hmm. is we want as low sugar as possible. Um, and we, we decided from day one to just basically say, we're only going to have the real fructose from like the pomegranates from Turkey that we get for this, right. you know, we're not using any refined sugar and anything, and you mm-hmm. want to have that sweetness balanced with bitterness, with spice, with smoke, with heat, right. with tannins, with sour you want to have all these different receptors lighting up in every elixir that we make. So you're going to see that like a number one, that one's designed to be bitter with initial sweetness and a dry finish.
1: Okay, we try. We were, drink- we're all drinking number two at the orange. moment. Hold on. I'm going to open up number what one. Else?
4: Well, well let's remember. go with number two. You're already, you're already drinking it. Well, so curious number, two, number two, two is, you know, inspired by, you know, the spicy pineapple margarita
1: uh-huh. um,
4: mm. and also kind of like the dark and stormy, mm-hmm. maybe with like a, a hint of mezcal, right? right? Um Like I made number two for mezcal fans. Whoa. Number one is designed for, you know, and all of these, by the way, you know, are designed to be garnished and on the rocks. Right. So if you're having right. them straight, uh, imagine a little bit more dilution.
0: Important question. Um, did all of this come out of your brain or did you work with...
1: Well, I did a lot of R&D. A mixology.
0: You did, yeah, you did a lot of R&D, but I mean, oh, these I are all with, your...
4: I met with dozens of mixologists in New York when I started this. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone from... You know you know joaquin simo from pouring ribbons mm-hmm. to ivy mix um lots and ivy. lots of people here and you know like there's so many incredible mixologists throughout the world that i've been inspired by mm-hmm. um and i've had so many drinks that i just have memories of and all of those come and be and, and are part of curious now Excellent. um because right. i I'm... love i love drinks you know i'm obsessed all
0: right we got, we we're have gonna have to wrap, to wrap but tell everybody where First of all, where they can find you and Curious online, and where in the sure. D.C. area we can find it.
4: Yeah. Well, the best place to find us is, is online. We are served in about 2,000 restaurants across the country, mm-hmm. um, and then specialty stores. But the best way to get us is to try the Curious Cocktail Club at CuriousElixirs.com. You get a rotating selection each month. You get the best deal, and you get to try all nine of our elixirs. Our uh, our, our ninth elixir is going to be coming out later this year. So Great.
1: Well, thanks yeah. for your time this morning. It was great meeting thanks you. Thanks for having me. I'm going me. to be following up with you. All right. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks, J.W. All right. So let's go back to Jin and Damien. Guys, we talked about the Celebrity Chefs Challenge, but can we get a little bit of like what is it for the people who don't know exactly what happens there? And they can attend, so.
2: Yes, yes they can. This Thursday at 6 p.m. at the iconic Union Station. Which is uh, new this year, because last year
1: we were at the Portrait Gallery, which was pretty right. sexy, I must say. Yes,
2: that was really, it. and and you were just- so hot, hot, hot up there on the stage. Oh, um, I mean, no and the years before you're that. You're talking it, to her and not to me. Yeah, because
1: you're not up on stage. Oh, that's
2: right. But by proxy, you are, right? Right. Um, so, <laughs> you're so
1: nice, Jen Hay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so years before that, it was a Ronald Reagan building. I think that we really wanted to showcase iconic D.C venues. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year we're, we're at Union Station. We're working with a lot of the embassies for cultural performances during the event. Because
1: there's like nine performances this year, yes. right? Yes. That's
2: a lot. That's a lot. And we have more embassies coming. They want to perform more than once. And that's I think that's that's really telling. And it, and it explains to us the value of having embassies Really talking and interacting directly with the public. Mm-hmm. And because they can't open their doors every day. And I think that the ability, and again, this goes back to culinary diplomacy because food is very, there's very little translation needed there. Right. And I think the interaction between the embassy chefs and the ambassadors and the staff who are there directly with the public is so unique. And we are um, so excited to be able to present that. Well,
1: plus, just if you haven't been before, what's so exciting about it is that, like, everybody does up their station and makes it really gorgeous and beautiful, and it really shares their culture and their heritage. Like, there's so much pride in that room that people get to share their narratives and their stories about where they're from. And it's just it's such well, a well. As I mean, I, yes. I
0: sort of represent the the common folk who just okay, come yes. to the thing, to be able to go from Barbados to Mexico to you know to Serbia to China to wherever, uh, and and taste you know literally in the in you know table to table and taste those different. Actually, that gets us to immigrant food. Right. But, but I need Damien but, to I tell me what it's spectacular he's uh, experience. I mean, how how many total embassies participate?
2: Uh, we're, we have more than 20 this year yeah, and I mean, still it was, adding. And, you know, I, I, I think that you're absolutely hitting on why this is such a popular event. But you're going to have to
0: hold that. You're going you go to hold that. We're going to get we'll back
1: to you. Damien, <laughs> so Damien, next round, we'll actually talk to you and then we'll let you guys round up at the end. So do you just tell me what you're pouring next for us?
3: Okay, so this is a very simple cocktail. Okay. okay. It's uh, a rum sour. I call it a Bajan rum sour. Because it has, yes, of course, Barbados rum and I'm using the um Planteret Five Year old mm-hmm. um cola tonic, oh, lime good. juice and simple Serve. Okay, thank see, you. I, I can see that see That is how it. it.
0: You would think this is one of JW's drinks and then not be able to drive home. Oh my but, god. But
3: but going back to what you said, you uh you go around to all the mm-hmm. embassy, you know, stations. But I would prefer you to come to Barbados yes, to taste our food and our drinks, okay?
2: Yeah, okay.
3: I'll take care of you when you get there. Yeah, he's like it's he's, a com- a Bar- he's a Barbadian chauvinist. He's like That's it's what he a competition,
1: and I'm going to win. All right, Period. now. End of story. Okay. Speaking, speaking
0: of of immigrant food, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk to the immigrant food people. Taya Ivanovic and Peter Schechter are the co-founders of Immigrant Food, and really the mission in their restaurants and in their lives is to show us how because we America is a melting pot, and our cuisines are in the melting pot. Although people pot.
1: keep forgetting that. Well. Oh. Those
0: are people with melted brains. Yes. But um, your mission is really showing us how all of this is kind of in sync with each other and that you can mix cuisines and really come out with a spectacular meal.
1: So tell us how you guys decided to get into the business.
0: What possessed you?
6: <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, we opened two months before the pandemic, so we asked ourselves that question for three years. Um, so, I mean, Peter and I founded Immigrant Food really to defend a vision of America as the land of immigrants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Immigrant Food is a restaurant group, so we have. But we have two beating hearts. One is the food, of course, like any restaurant, we try to serve delicious food. But the other beating heart, uh, without which Immigrant Food wouldn't exist is really the mission. And so we partner with local NGOs that, that serve incredible immigrant causes. Uh, we publish a magazine on immigration. We share ways that you as a guest can engage. So it's really about creating a social advocacy platform in addition to a place where you can just have amazing food. I mean, it's, but,
0: well, well, it's brilliant. But was it a political decision? It sounds it's like not you know, a political
7: no, no, restaurant it, at all. It's not a political restaurant at all. We, we really want to... I mean, if you just think of it, I mean, we're all from somewhere, right? Unless you're a Native American, we've all, we all have heritage that began somewhere else. Whether you're a 10th generation Irish person, Irish American, or you're a first generation Chinese or Venezuelan American, Mm -hmm. we've all come from, we've all come from somewhere else. We've all brought recipes and ingredients to this country. We've all contributed. I mean, just think of the things that we think of American Pizza, bagels, Bagels. things—I mean, the list goes on and on. Dumplings, bao buns. Nobody knows anymore where they came from. Right now, they're American food. But this is this is the crux of what we have to celebrate. But it belongs in a bigger pool, which is what's going on in this country today.
1: So, but at a restaurant, trying to incorporate all those kinds of cuisines—I mean—and celebrating them—that's a—that's a a tremendous. So how did you go about working with chefs and creating the menu? Like, how did you get in there and be like, okay, I want this taste. I want this flavor. I want it to look like this. How did you execute that?
6: Well, we started with uh, what we call the spider web of flavors. Mm -hmm. And it was really our chefs listed the flavors, the ingredients that immigrants have brought to the United States for centuries. And then we started connecting those. I mean, rice is eaten, obviously, in Asia, but also very much in Latin America, also in in, um, in Africa. And we just started connecting these flavor and the flavor profiles and then trying to come up with dishes that embody that and that use those cross-cultural references and ingredients and make something really So you new. did
0: the mad scientist thing in the kitchen.
6: A little bit. So
7: uh, well, when you say you did, we didn't. L- let me be clear. <laughs> right. Taya and I did not. You tasted we did, we well, did we, we, we... You
1: gave it, you gave a it part we're, of the job. We're, right. we're,
7: we're, we're very cooperative and collaborative, but we're dictatorial about tasting, okay. right? Okay.
1: <laughs> so but, who mean, did you work with? So how did you design the menu then?
7: So the, our our uh, first partner and chef was Enrique Limardo. Right, and
1: seven then
7: reasons. And from Seven Reasons and and Imperfecto, and he helped to sort of create this spider web that uh, Thea is talking about, our culinary director... Today is Ben Murray, who is a, a Japanese-American and comes, born in Japan, raised in Miami, sort of worked in, in, uh, in big hotel restaurants in, in Miami Beach. And, and what he's really tried to do is create a panoply of shareable dishes, but which mix and match heritages, all together whether it's our mumbai mariachi bowl which obviously is a mix of <laughs> of uh, mexican and indian <laughs> but or the the tamar- tamarind ribs now tamarind is a oh, great example of oh. of a fruit that's eaten in latin america in in uh, in in asia mm-hmm. and so bringing that onto onto something that is so quintessentially american as ribs is sure. sort of a way to sort of twist and turn and remind people of what immigrant heritage is all about.
1: Okay, wait, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into this a little bit more. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Taya Ivanovic and Peter Schechter, who are the co-founders of Immigrant Food. I've got an important question for you. Peter, I know you grew up speaking Italian. We're Italophiles. What are you doing with pasta?
7: (laughs) Well, we're not because pasta is something that you can get in so many other places stuff in it but i mean if you want if you want pasta you come to come to my house Um, (laughs) uh, actually you know peter we're free tonight Um, let's do Um, it
1: so but how did you decide your vision on immigrant food so like the one that i've been to attached to planet word it's interesting because it looks like it could be fast casual but you really have a sit-down experience what was it that you were looking to execute there and at your other locations
6: well, I think if you look at restaurants, at the panoply of restaurants, you have, you know, convenience on the one side, you have experience on the other side, right? right? And a lot of restaurants do one or the other. Mm. What we're trying to do is actually oh, combine no, don't, those. Don't tell them that thing. would be very upset if <laughs> they heard you say that. Is actually combine those and have, you know, a great experience while also having the convenience of being in and out of the restaurant in less than an hour, having a bowl, a salad, a sandwich, whatever mm-hmm. for lunch um, that is quick, convenient, and not that expensive. It doesn't break the bank.
1: Well, which I think a lot of people appreciate right now because dining out can be um, costly. You talk dining about...
7: Dining out is almost always costly. Right. I mean, oh. right. Anybody who goes out in Washington, D.C., I mean, you just hear this over and over again about, oh, my God, it's, you didn't used to be this way, right? I mean, I, mean,
1: I feel like people say... That it's like, uh-huh, yeah, talk about five years ago, people said the same thing. Like, I just... I'm like, okay, whatever. Don't go out, go out. Figure it out. Um... Let's talk about at the She's restaurant. She's really empathetic. You can say. No, I just, it's, it's exhausting to me, that conversation topic is exhausting to I me. just
0: want to say I love the word panoply. I use it all the time. You both use it, and what? I want to congratulate you on that. Um,
1: so with the restaurant now and your dedication to its mission, how do you execute that mission? I've used execute a lot right now. How do you use that mission as a way to communicate with the people who are coming in and your staff Without sort of shoving your mission down people's throats, like how, there's a, there's a very fine line with that. How do you do that?
7: That's such a good question because we ask ourselves that sort of at the beginning. We ask ourselves, really, try to make sure that we wore our mission on our sleeve, mm-hmm. which is at a time where sort of some people in America are questioning immigration. We just need to remember what immigrants have done for us, are doing for us, continue and they're going to, to continue do? to do in right. the future for us. Right. And, but how do we do that in a way that doesn't, you know, if somebody wants to come in and just have a date night in one of our restaurants and doesn't want to talk about immigration but wants to impress, he wants to impress his date, how do, how do we do that so that there isn't a sense that we're shoving this down? People it struggle? isn't preachy. So right. it is. So there are reminders everywhere, but you get to choose whether you have the conversation about immigration or not. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our servers will tell you at the beginning six seconds worth of what we stand for, and then the rest is up to you as to whether you wanna engage or not. Mm -hmm. But every Sunday, we publish an engagement menu along with our food menu and drinks menu. We have an engagement menu, we put it out every Sunday. It's in the restaurant, it's on QR codes, it's on social media, in which we give our community five ways to engage with immigrants every week. New ways, whether it's donation opportunities, volunteering opportunities, sign this petition, go to this march read this book, listen to this podcast. I love that. And so every week we have five different ways to...
6: And what we found really is that it's not just the people in the restaurants. I mean, it's people from all around the country that come to Immigrant Food and then they tell us, they tell a server, oh, we love Immigrant Food. And the server's like, oh, so you've been here before. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, not at all. We follow you on social media. We get your engagement menu every week. And then they come into the restaurant, so they already know us before they come in. It's Called branding, just love, you know, right? That's great. But that's terrific. So now, what do you guys have coming up?
1: Like with spring coming and tourist season really starting to take off here in DC. Like
0: thanks to fun? Jin Jinhee, of course. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> Twenty-seven million people. Are um, so
1: you know, how do you guys uh, like? How do you engage both with locals and with tourists? Like and find you know keeping the community basically.
6: I mean, our White House location, which is our flagship, which is literally across from the White House, mm-hmm. which was very intentional when we when we opened, um, obviously is very close to the mall, very close to all the tourist attractions. So uh, cherry blossom season in particular is is big for us, and we love cherry blossom So we do. We have a special cocktail coming up, a special mocktail, which we talked about mm-hmm. today, non-alcoholic drinks and, right. and how big that's getting. I was going to ask if you guys do we that. We do. Um, and then we have this special tuna poke bowl, which is uh, incredible. So we are doing lots of things for cherry blossom, and mm-hmm. it's starting right now, and we're super excited. That's you so
0: shouldn't great. have said that because now Damien put a double dose of rum in your drink.
6: Right. He's <laughs> <that. laughs> like, give me that curious cocktail. <laughs> no, so I welcome, yeah. Like, yeah. I welcome give that. Give me that curious cocktail. Let's see what I can do oh. with it. Fix these guys. Um, uh,
0: last question. You have a how much time do we have, Andy? We have like a minute. Okay, you have a crowdfunding thing coming up in spring. You want to talk oh, about let's that? Oh, let about that.
6: Yeah. So I mean, like most restaurants, what we've done in the past to raise funds is friends and family rounds, where the minimum raise is you know the minimum ticket is fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Not everyone has that money laying around I to invest in a yeah, restaurant. Yeah, not everyone um, does. I don't have it. And so we really wanted to democratize this because of who we are and what we stand for. So mm-hmm. at the minimum ticket is $500. So for $500, you can become an investor in Immigrant Food and own a part of this company and its growth. Uh, we're also doing incentives for our staff to become part of it. So we're you know matching their Smart. donations. and.
7: And we go live on the website it's with Start Engine, which is a crowdfunding platform. Mm-hmm. We go live on March 14th. So. Okay,
1: we'll mark that on the calendar. And to get
0: reservations, we just go to immigrant, immigrantfood.com. And where are yeah. you guys
1: on? Uh, on Resi. Okay, and Insta. And Instagram, at Immigrant Food. Okay, great. Thank you both for coming in today. Thank you wow. for us. You didn't us. tell us what you brought in, but those look we delicious. We brought alfajores, which I are these us. amazing Argentinian
6: cookies, dulce de leche inside, um, in between these biscuits we make in-house, and rolled into coconut.
1: Aren't you yeah. glad that it's over here by me and not over <laughs> by you? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Jin Andy, no break, right? We can go back. Right. I'm going to start with Damien. We're going to go to, because we didn't get to really talk to Damien last time. I wanted him to come up to the mic Feeling a little
3: bit. Feeling left out.
1: You feel, I know. You look like you need <laughs> yeah, yeah. some love. You look like you're really hurting. Right? Yeah. You look like you need some love. now Damien. Yeah. So, Damien, let's talk a little bit about, you know, being here <clears throat> in D.C. and like what, why it's so important for, you know, Barbados to be at the Embassy Chef Challenge and like what you plan on doing to sort of bring it up.
3: Well, first of all, um, mm-hmm. we are known as the culinary capital of the Caribbean. So, is that true? Wait, yes, Are yes, you known yes. to yourself Isn't or to you everyone else? I feel something. like there are, <laughs> <islands>. <laughs> there, there, there are other
1: Caribbean so islands that might say something is on, different. I'm
3: but, advertising food and rum festivals. I see sorry. it. Culinary capital of the Caribbean.
1: I mean, I think you should take us to Barbados so that we can verify what you're saying. Uh, now go we're going for
3: the gold, yeah. I will definitely take care I of you just want when you come point to out, Barbados. I want to point yeah. out
0: that my tan line has faded, so. <laughs> <laughs> just saying.
3: That's-
1: Okay. Actually, he doesn't have tan lines. <laughs> That's right. But
3: I won't show you. All yeah. right, okay, let's but, go. But yes, um, being here is definitely an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually my first um, embassy chef challenge. Mm. I do come to the U.S. almost every month for my regular job. Um, I do all the rum festivals in the U.S. Dude, mm. you go
0: back and forth?
3: I Back that and forth. Awesome I was problems. at a Chicago, not Chicago, um, uh, Miami Rum Congress two Saturdays ago.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. How horrible that
3: was. It was cool. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but with the Barbados Tourism Marketing Inc., um, they have uh, select mixologists and chefs mm-hmm. that they would send, you know, to spread the culinary art of Barbados, basically. Mm-hmm. So in uh, liquid expressions as what I do, uh, mixology, and of course some amazing chefs that, you thought it was one of the chefs last year, didn't you? No, no, no. You?
1: I thought no. I knew you were a mixologist, but <laughs> oh, last okay, year they okay, had okay. a huge mixology Contention. component, and okay, I went okay. to the ambassador's residence, and I so interviewed. So that's probably with
3: where you sh- saw me.
1: Yes, I know. And you don't remember I me, did which two I'm events really so classier- You know what?
0: I'm so glad you don't remember her. Just, just one person. That's great. All
3: Thank right. What God. are you pouring
1: next, David?
3: Okay, so I'm going back to the classics. Okay. okay? Um, one of my favorite classic cocktails, the Mai Tai. Mm. But of course, you know, mixologists, we have, you know, a little trick under our sleeves. Um, to make that cocktail a little different, that would pop. Unlike um what the, the 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 standard classic ingredients are. So with this one, um Mai Tai, I added pineapple or J syrup. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, we have two rums from Barbados, uh Stead's beach vat number one and stays um bun number eight, both Ooh. of them, and a touch of our new um. Uh. cut and dry. It's a coconut rum that is delicious. I mean, it's, it's right. simply amazing. Right. Okay. So
0: we're gonna, so we're gonna move on. Uh, I'm gonna uh, this is I'm gonna insert something here because speaking of mixologists, mm-hmm. our son Sam was just made yesterday the lead bartender at Silver Lion. Actually, beverage director. No, no. So lead bartender. Okay. That's the title. <laughs> the Silver Lion Which was just picked As the number one Hotel bar in America Wow Well that,
1: that was Over the summer yeah yeah. But yeah yeah So Very we exciting. got
0: one In the family Yes, we. Do. Wow That's, that's it amazing It is amazing So way to go Sam So all right. Ashley yeah, Do you now want to
1: come And do restaurant week Every week So you can drink All these cocktails yes. And have so much fun yes, In the studio Alright let's see <laughs>
0: Ash- Ashley Curtis Is the marketing And business engagement Specialist for the town Of Vienna Vienna restaurant week mm-hmm. Is happening You say restaurant week Around Nikki And she perks up Like a Right like I a love restaurant week Spaniel waiting for a treat. So, give us a little bit about your background because you come out of media. You were on TV.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was not on TV. I was behind the
1: scenes doing social media, digital,
5: and working with small businesses. And that's what brought me to Vienna. Is um, my job is to do the marketing and social media, but also go out and engage with our business owners. Mm-hmm.
1: But let's talk about the area of Vienna because what I love about the DC metro area is that especially in the last 20 to 30 years there's been this real expanse outside of the city and i'm not going to use the term sub- suburbs because i don't think that that tells the story enough but like areas like vienna frederick fairfax city all mm. these different areas are real cities in of themselves with real communities well, real you know like stores and restaurants and and people who like Love living there. So can we talk about what the area is like and how people engage with it?
5: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Vienna is a tiny town. It's four point four square miles, mm-hmm. and it's very charming and authentic. And people have this really strong hometown pride about Vienna. It's a very special place, right. Um and so it's interesting because, like you said, we're, you know, in the shadow of Tyson's and on a larger scale, we've got d c right here. But we've kind of retained that small town feel, mm-hmm. but then we get some of the nicer amenities. So, Vienna has an excellent food scene because we have chefs coming in from DC and and you right, know they're but, like
1: yeah that rent looks much better that's I'll right that's right yes <laughs> I like that rent Yes, <laughs> don't yeah do that right and it's a beautiful
5: place to live <laughs> right. and, and you're a little bit away and you so. can
1: walk to work as opposed to drive to work right I, yes. I'm here for all the extras on that I yes. get it
5: yeah so Vienna has kind of stayed you know we we've kept that charm and that's what people love and so um, we hope that we get outside people coming in too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even a day trip, you know. It's just it's a little bit further for some people. If you could
0: actually get anywhere on the Beltway, it would be 20 minutes from Bethesda <laughs> okay. and. Kenney Hi,
1: here. can I introduce my curmudgeon husband? <laughs> well, who has something saying, to complain about, like, like all the road. time? Um, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, a little early, uh, and then when we come back, let's talk about the kind of restaurants that one can dine at because you guys have so many different cuisines and cultures. I mean, talking earlier about immigrant food yes. and yes. the Embassy yes. Chef Challenge, like this area is just bustling with people serving their cultures and cuisines, which I just love. And it's happening in Vienna as well. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All
0: right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Ashley Curtis from the town of Vienna, Virginia, where they have a restaurant week happening That's right. this coming week.
1: But th- so let's the talk week. about the restaurants because you said mm-hmm. it's, a, you know, it's barely five mile. Right area, right. but you have so many restaurants there. Yes. Can we and independently owned yes. restaurants, not right. chains and stuff. I mean, right. I'm sure there's some there. But yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Let's not <laughs> put Absolutely. down the chains. Absolutely, but- yes, we can.
5: Right, it's it's so 4.4 square miles, but bursting with international flavors. So mm-hmm. we love that. We have so many different. The list of Asian cuisines is so impressive. This year, we've got Italian, French, British, a couple British spots, mm-hmm. um, Mexican. You know, as soon as you start naming them, you know you're leaving so many off because we truly have so many. Um, Pizza, burgers, like things that we consider American, but is actually, you know, right, has from an international another area, origin. Right. That's
1: right. Well,
0: for folks that are going to go, I mean, the value that I see in Restaurant Week is if there have been places you wanted to try and you know, thought about it, but you didn't go, you've now got... Um, a low fixed price yes. where you can go in and you can have, you know, in most places, you know, appetizer, main meal, dessert. Well, how are you mm-hmm. guys
1: sh- – everybody does it differently. Yes, so that's how right. are you setting it up? And
5: that's what we love is we keep it open so that you have those access points. So on one end, you have like a more traditional sit-down, upscale, prefix menu with, you know, the multiple courses for a really great price. Mm-hmm. And then some people are just doing like 25% off your whole bill. Or buy one, get one half off at your, like, deli lunch counter. Oh. Coffee shops, you know, ice cream places are doing flights of ice cream samples at a great price. So it's nice because there's all these different access points. You can do the fancier sit-down options, or you Mm -hmm. can grab a quick coffee pastry um, for a great price. So
1: either way, so almost everybody who's participating is finding ways to engage that people feel like they're getting – Something, something, yes, yes. and uh, also getting in on the deal. So, can we talk about some of? Give so us like some of these restaurants yeah. that are participating that you're excited about.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um So we've got um, Bear Branch Tavern, Basins, Roberto's La Bistro, mm-hmm. um, Cafe Renaissance. Those are some of the ones that are doing those multiple course. Well, menus. Basins
1: is it Basins or Basins? It's Basins. 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 Okay. Basins, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have a. Bear- I knew that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> They have an incredible reputation. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's And so they are participating. Yes, they are. That's yeah, we're exciting. very excited. Um. And
5: then even like if you think about a couple doors down from them, Coco Vienna, our hometown um, chocolate shop is doing sure. something. So it's just great because, like I said, you've got the upscale. You've got some of these um, local coffee shops. Um. Such a great mix. Royal Nepal Bistro, several of our sushi places. What is
0: Nepalese food?
5: Like it's that. it's kind of a fusion actually. So right. if you look at the menu, it's very interesting because you can see all of this different influence from across Asia, um, Indian, Indian elements in Pakistani, it. Yeah, right? Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. Mm. You've actually had it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't remember, but it's okay.
5: I
0: blanked out. Um yes. I haven't getting, had Uyghur food yet. But
1: incredible I... reviews in
5: Vienna for Royal Nepal Bistro. But yes. you know,
1: I, but that's what I love because I think there's this. Um, there's this notion out there that the further out you get, the less likely people are to eat foods that they're unfamiliar with. And I just don't think that's the case anymore. Do you know what I mean? It used to be mm-hmm. cities were the hubs for international cuisine, especially like uh, cuisine of Nepal or Pakistan or, you know, wherever, you know, you would you would find or Ethiopian and et cetera. But now the further out you go, you're seeing more yes. immigrants opening up food from their country and people people from all cultures going in and dining on that cuisine because there's interest. You know, yes. I just don't think people... I mean, you know how many absolutely. Ethiopian
0: restaurants there are in D.C.? Oh my right. God, there's...
1: And yes. Bethesda, yeah. <coughs> I mean, there's me. so many. But it's I
5: agree, fabulous. I would say, that, yeah, the average, you know, Vienna foodie, the person who likes to go out and try everything, is a very adventurous eater, so it's it's not... Um... It's an educated diner. Yes, absolutely, it you really know? is.
1: And how do you guys feel that you're engaging with these diners, like... Are they asking for things? Like, how do, you come, how do you craft everything?
5: Well, really, we let the restaurants sort of be, you know, the star of the show in that sense mm-hmm. because they know their um, customers better than us and sure. their regulars and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we give them the reins. And we, you know, really the town, the economic development department, we put this on and just sort of lay down the structure and then let them take it from there because they know, you know, what's going to suit them best and bring people in. Smart. I
1: event. that. Yep. Okay, you guys have an event?
5: Yes. Tell us about it. So Tuesday on the Vienna Town Green, the paved plaza area, we're just doing a really fun kickoff event. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a DJ and it's meant to just kind of be the headquarters. So if you're going out, um, so it's 4 to 6 p.m., and just come see us. We're doing giveaways and going to be just, you know, dancing and kind of sending people on their I'll way. Dave's like, I will be there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Fine. As people go to their date nights and whatever they're doing for restaurant All right.
1: Week. Tell us where we can find like all the information yes. other than the list. Are you on it? <laughs> com, obviously. Uh, but where we can find you like on Insta yes. and all the things. It's
5: all Explore Vienna VA. So ExploreViennaVA.com is the menus. You can mm-hmm. see all the restaurant week menus there. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. So Explore Vienna VA. Excellent. Thank Great. You so Thank
0: much. you.
1: I can't wait. Thank
0: Thanks. you. All right, Jinhee, All right, Jin-hee, Jin-hee and Damien. Damien.
1: Come up to the mic, please. it has
0: got kind of a ring to it. Jinhee and Damien. Jinhee <laughs> and
1: Damien. So, Jinhee, give us like sort of the 411 on everything that's happening on Thursday and what people can look forward to. Because you didn't even mention, isn't there like some sword, some sort of sword demonstration?
0: A sword. Did I hear it? Sword. You mean sword? Sword. <laughs> sword?
2: Sword, right? Sword. Am I wrong? No. ahead well we will have at least nine different performances right and and we might even have i think the um the uh drums you might be thinking that along with maybe swords i heard swords Um, yes well maybe Okay. was
1: it a surprise and i ruined it no okay good not at all all right um no
2: no Uh, i think uh so it starts at 6 Mm p.m and again at the uh, iconic union station when you walk in you'll be greeted by all the, the the smells and the sounds and the colors of all these different countries who are represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be a, a center stage, so there will always be performances happening. Um, we'll, we will have sort of um, Instagrammable moments. We will have a 360 camera. We will have, obviously, all the embassies Food and drinks. Again, Barbados. I think you might be doing both. Um, mm-hmm. And we have we have two, at least two different countries who have never participated before: Cuba and Gambia. Okay. And Nikki, right. you and I asked Cuba to do the mojito, which is a beautiful, light, very complicated drink. So we're really excited about that.
1: And I think people should also understand that there are actual judges walking around, judging the drinks, judging the food. And then right. there is an announcement yes. of the competition, That's right? right?
2: That's right. And everybody really brings it. They bring it. And I think it's 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 a friendly competition. But mm-hmm. when you speak with um, some of the representatives, I remember speaking with a representative from Haiti, and they said, we are actually live streaming this to our country. Oh, and, um, and so I think there is this very healthy, um, wonderful, beautiful competition because everybody wants to... Really get out there what their country is doing in this culinary diplomacy and mm-hmm. unifying people. With, so is, this,
0: with, isn't, is this in the main hall at Union Station? I'm sorry. No, it's in it, – yes,
2: Where, where, where do hall. you do it? Main y- hall. Yes, we're, we're taking over a, a big component of, cool. of the All Union right. Station. Yeah. And I
1: also think what's really terrific, and we can't get into it because we don't have any time left and I want to bring Damien up, is that – A lot of these chefs and mixologists from these countries don't get to actually meet each other. So this is such an amazing time for them to, you know, network and meet other people. And create immigrant food. Yes, exactly.
2: I mean, when you talk about immigrant food and and being a first-generation immigrant, it is really you're very humbled to be able to speak with these people who are Mm -hmm. talking about their food in the backgrounds and then do these mashups. We actually had conversations with chefs last year. They want to do a mashup on you know their take of the taco. You're talking from Korea to um, Chile and others. You know a very healthy competition about that. So all right, it's a lot of fun. Damien, come on to the mic.
3: This drink is what did you out. pour?
2: This green one. <laughs> it's like a
1: rainbow of colors, Damien.
3: I, I actually, um, I, I I saw your expression <laughs> when you tasted it. Well, you um, just, it, you know, mm, it's like jet
1: it's delicious. fuel. It's good. <laughs> it's not it's like
0: jet fuel. It, it doesn't taste like jet It tastes sweet. So what is it? It's right. A, it's, it sneaks up on you is what it does.
3: That's right, because out of all the cocktails that you had um, today, that has the least amount of alcohol. Okay? Yeah, good. So there you go. Um, okay. That is uh, one of my creations. Mm-hmm. Um, so similar to the mojito that was just mentioned, mm-hmm. I use basil. So anything mm-hmm. you can cook with you can make into a liquid expression.
1: That's why it's so herbaceous. That's right. It's really delicious. That's another big word. Mm -hmm. I like it. Passion
3: Passion fruit juice, uh, lime juice, and a touch of orange bitters. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, That's one of my... So now, how are you bringing it
1: for the competition?
3: I'm coming with a vengeance.
1: Yeah, you're like, I'm going to win.
3: Actually...
0: (laughs) This guy really wants I know, to win. I know.
3: That is one of the cocktails I'm bringing. Okay. Uh, yeah, can't
1: wait. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. Damien, we would love to have you back to come in and just talk about Barbadian rum. So we'll okay. talk about that after the show. But um, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, where we can see you at the Embassy Chef Challenge.
3: Okay. As I mentioned before, um, you can find me in Barbados. So get a plane ticket. Come <laughs> yeah. on down. Get a plane ticket? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Receive um, (laughs) a plane ticket? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on Instagram, uh, Damian Williams, D-A-M-E-A-I-N Williams. Um, But uh, I'm I'm easy to find, okay? But I want to finish off by just saying our Food and Rum Festival this year Mm -hmm. is October 24th to 27th. Okay. So if you want. Write it down. I mean, it's it's an amazing festival, okay? Excellent. And it's growing and growing every year, so okay. you will not be disappointed.
1: All right, David. Yeah? Thank you so much. Say your piece my so turn. I can do my thing. All right,
3: so
0: Rodney King said, and he got laughed at at the time, why can't we all just get along? Mm. And I don't know why we can't. I am not for people getting killed. I'm not for people getting displaced. There are refugees from and in Ukraine. There are refugees from and in Gaza there's a there's a war going on almost everywhere you look. Give some money to the Red Crescent. Give some money to the Red Cross. Give money to Jose Andres so that he can feed people. And and let's all be nice to each other, okay?
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, thank you, David, especially with everything we talked about today. Uh, everything you heard here you can find on the listaryouana.com, on the online that tells you everything that's happening in the D.C. metro area. Of course, you want to follow me at NYCCI-N-E-L-L-I-S on all the social media platforms. If you want to listen to the show that Jen He and I did at the Cuban Embassy, I like the way she says it better, um, you can turn into YouTube at the Nikki Nellis channel or, of course, download it, Industry Night, on all your podcast platforms. Thank you to all the people who brought all this stuff in studio today. You can check out everything, again, on Insta and the social media platforms. Everybody, be safe out there and have a delicious week.